Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. I know many of you are sitting there saying, uh, <laughs> but I was enjoying Doug Gottlieb so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we're going to have Adam Rittenberg on the show today, and I do want to talk about what they need to do with college football, what they need to do with the playoff. Uh, last night, of course, I had to—I was broadcasting Penn State, Indiana basketball, so I didn't see that uh, game last night between Florida and Oklahoma, which turned out about the way I thought it would. And the reason it turned out the way I thought it was because you just can't have so many guys saying, "No, nah, I don't want to play. I got to protect myself." Okay. I know we all have to understand the new way of doing things. Got that. Uh, but seven guys, big number. I want to talk. I'll talk about Penn State Indiana basketball first. Okay, so. The negative for Penn State is that I thought for 30 minutes they did not play well defensively. Indiana has not been a team, especially in the last couple of weeks, that has shot the ball well. Now, Armand Franklin has shot it well. Trace Jackson Davis plays his game, and he's a good player. Nobody else for Indiana has shot the ball well in two weeks. Rob Finnessy has not. I mean, I've got all the numbers. I mean, you know, believe me. In the pregame show last night, in at halftime in a postgame, and went through all their numbers coming in to show you that hey, look, you're not pl- you know they are not shooting the ball well. Finnessy had not been shooting the ball well. I mean, Galloway's kind of tough to read; he doesn't take that many shots. Uh, Al Durham had not shot the ball well, and you keep going through all these guys like four for his last twenty-one and threes. This guy's. Uh, and over and over and over again, I'm going through all this stuff. I'm thinking, okay, got to make sure you lock down on Franklin. Got to make sure you lock down on Trace Jackson Davis. Not easy to do, especially Trace Jackson Davis. Penn State gets hit with a bucket load of fouls early. You're like, what the heck? Every time you turned around, it was a foul. Brockington had two fouls. Lundy had two fouls. Um, I want to say Dredd ended up with two fouls. And suddenly Indiana's sitting there. They're in the bonus. Like, what the heck? But the worst one of all was the ball that they threw to Trace Jackson Davis. It hit the baseline. Davis saved it, went to Durham in the corner. He hit the three. Live, live, I called the ball out of bounds. Why? Because I saw the ball go out of bounds. I can see the baseline. Um, Rob, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to use names. The official that was on the baseline didn't see it. You're standing on the baseline. You have to see it. You're standing there. And Jim Ferry got a tee. 
So it turned into a five-point play for Indiana on a bad call. Bad call. They're like, what the heck is going on here? How do you miss that call? You're standing on the baseline. I'm looking at it. I can see it hit the baseline. You're standing there. I can see it. Shook my head and went, you've got to be kidding me. Now the game progresses. Penn State finds itself down 12. 10 minutes to play. Indiana going on a really nice shooting run. Then Penn State, and I made a statement on the broadcast, and I meant it. If you're going to say that the foundation of what you do is your defense, you better start playing it. And said that. With ten and a half minutes to go, Penn State started playing it. Now those shots Indiana had been hitting, they weren't hitting. Now those drives to the bucket became contested. And then Indiana's coming down the floor. I think it was Wheeler. Hit the ball, goes off the foot of Trace Jackson Davis out of bounds. Indiana ball. What? The ball clearly goes off his foot. In fact, you look at the replay, it's not even in question. It goes, I mean, squarely off his foot out of bounds. How do you miss that? Indiana has the ball. What do you mean Indiana has the ball? Can't have the ball. It went, like, pop right off his foot. Same story. I'm calling the game. Off his foot out of bounds. Indiana ball. What? How do you miss that Hello call? there, stuffed crust lovers. Hey, hold on. How do you miss that call? How? Now you get to the end. Now I'm not even up to the end of the game yet. End of regulation. Miles Dredd is called for a foul on Trace Jackson Davis. Doesn't touch him. Hits the ball. How many times have I said this, and all of you high school officials out there have heard me say this how many times, okay? And don't defend officials. Do not defend the officials, because this statement is accurate as accurate gets. You, an official can call me up, and you can argue to your blue in the face. The One of the worst things an official can do is anticipate a call. Do not call what you don't see. And they anticipated it was a foul because he reached around and hit the ball. He didn't touch him. Foul. He makes one of two, game goes to overtime. Really? Sessoms then took a shot at the end of regulation. Okay. Here's my question. Why is Sam Sessoms' shot that was not blocked... 10 feet short of the basket. As soon as you can explain that to me, then we'll explain why it wasn't a foul at the end. Why was his shot that was not blocked, that was not hit, 10 feet short of the basket? The Big Ten has... And I'll say this straight out. I think the Big Ten does have a lot of outstanding officials. You know that I, I do the ABC system. 
You know, the A's are the best. It doesn't mean they can't have an off night, but the A's are, and the Big Ten has a bunch of guys who are in the A category. They have You have guys that are in the B category. They can give you an A performance on a given night, but they can give you a C performance on a given night. They're right, you know. C's, C's rarely get to a B. And there's usually a greater, uh, I think the, that the, the, the greatest number of officials are usually in the C category. The second greatest to me is the A. Actually, the, the one that's the smallest group is the B. And I'll tell you, the three guys they had last night, I think are actually three very good officials. But they did not have a good night. Now, could Penn State have played better defense for the first 29 minutes and 30 seconds of the game? Absolutely. They should have, they should have defended the entire game the way they did the last 10 and a half minutes plus overtime. Absolutely. But you look at the game, five points in the first half, you know, it's like... On a, on a call that is, okay, guess what? Not a difficult call, boys and girls. Okay, midway through the second half, ball off foot. Again, not a difficult call. Trace Jackson Davis has size 14s. Bang, right off the foot. And it, I get baffled by this stuff. Should Penn State have played better defense the first 29-30? Yes. Does Penn State have an argument that certain elements didn't go their way? You know, because it's interesting. I talk about playing better defense. On the play where Trace Jackson Davis, quote, saved it, uh, Penn State played great defense in that play. You know, all these games are close, they're tight. And you know what? What's really odd in a game like that? I mean, because I'll sit here, I'll be very fair about it. I'll say, well, that that call went against, went was for Penn State. That call went for Penn State. Calls, you know, I, how many times you heard me on the show say, you know what, you know, there's bad calls on both sides. Here are a couple that really bothered me. I've talked about that. There wasn't one call last night against Indiana I thought was a bad call. None, zero. Not one. Not one call last night against Indiana was a bad call. Right? I can give you six calls that went against Penn State last night that were flat-out bad calls. But you got to now, and to say you have to overcome it when the competition is this close, it's hard to overcome that stuff. Now, do I think it was deliberate? Of course not. Of course not. But man, you you, know, you got to get you know you got to be on your game. You got a lot of people out there got a lot at stake. You got to be on your game. And three guys that I really like and three guys I really respect weren't on their game last night. 
just weren't. And I think they're. I, I'll tell you right now. Those you know, I see. I see their names come up on the list. I, every time I go, okay, we're fine. This will be a good game. But I like those three guys. Last night they didn't have a good game. But Indiana did not have one bad call go against it last night. None. Zero. But Penn State should have played better defense for the first 29-30 last night. Uh, let's see. 14th-ranked Maryland women's basketball beat Penn State 96-82. Uh, Penn State, I uh, can't really get into name. Again, I'm not really allowed to get into names, but Penn State got another transfer, a defensive end. A defensive end from Temple announced that he was going to transfer to Penn State. And we have an email. Dear Stupid, I mean Steve. Says, hi Steve, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Thanks for all you do. Penn State fans, really fortunate to have you. Appreciate that. Two questions. With cornerback looking deep next year, who do you think uh, uh, do you think they will ask Keaton Ellis to play safety? Would love to see his coverability there. Also, it looks like Lamont Wade plays faster when he has the ball in his hands. <laughs> Should he have been a slot receiver? Thanks, Mike from Lansdale. You know, the odd thing about – I'll start with Lamont Wade, then I'll get to Keaton Ellis. Lamont Wade um, – always want to return punts and kicks and we had told you in the preseason that Wade was one of the candidates to return kickoffs and that Wade was one of the candidates to return punts became pretty obvious early on that that Jahan Dotson was absolutely ahead of the pack in terms of returning punts and that proved proved to be true Parker Washington would be the next guy up and believe it or not Marquise Wilson would be the next guy up then when they went to kickoffs Wade was in it early uh, and then fell out of favor. He made a couple of, you know, he made a one bad judgment play, which didn't help him. Uh, and then they got him back into the thing late in the year, returning kicks. He never, he never once played offense for Penn State, even a practice, a spring practice, anything like that. He never did. So I always looked at him as a corner, and I always looked at him as a safety. Um. I'm not the one area I can't tell you about Mike is I can't really judge Lamont Wade's hands. You know, he had a couple of interceptions in his career. But if you're going to play a lot of times when you're playing defense, let me play this way. It didn't take long to move him off of punts because the other three were just better. Dotson, Washington, and Marquise Wilson, they were just better. Kickoffs are exponentially easier to field hands-wise than a punt. So maybe that is a tip-off to you, Mike, as to why Lamont Wade was playing defense the entire time. As opposed, and I can understand about the ball in his hands. I understand that point, but there are reasons why he's playing defense. Keaton Ellis, I think, is a very good candidate to take a long, hard look at to move to safety. In terms of size, I think Joey Porter Jr. absolutely has the size to play the safety spot if they wanted to do that. But I also think they really like Joey Porter Jr. as a corner. And I think 
Keaton Ellis has the size. And not only that, I think Keaton Ellis has something else, too. Keaton Ellis has the ball skills. Keaton Ellis is a really good wide receiver at State High. And I think he's got the ball skills to play it. So, Mike, I'm with you. I think that that would be a candidate that deserves a long, hard look at moving to safety if they decide to make a move of anybody to safety based on how they've been doing in the transfer portal. Good questions. Happy New Year, Mike. Appreciate that very much. We'll take a break. We are 10 hours away from Lou Catrillo's birthday here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Adam Rittenberg on the show today, the king with picks today as well. Looking forward to it. We're going to talk about the uh, college football playoff in the next half hour. Uh, let's see. Scores already gave you the Lady Lions score today. They did not win. 14th-ranked Maryland beat them. The Armed, the, uh, armed Forces Bowl is winding down under three minutes to play. Mississippi State leads Tulsa 28-19. to Boy, from Mike Oresco. This has not been a fun time to be the commissioner of the American Conference. He spent a lot of time on talk shows talking up the American, talking up the American. You're about to be one in four in bowl games, Mike. Not good. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. You want to make sure you're fully stocked for New Year's Eve. Get over there. And also, maybe you want to be fully stocked as well to kick back on New Year's Day. I know Matt's got a huge party tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Something like that. I mean, it's but hey, where are we ready? Are. It's the way you are. I mean, every time I turn around, it's like party central over the Catrillos. I mean, Lisa, of course, is a master hostess. I mean, there's no getting around it. But that's because you keep inviting people over all the time. Come on over, watch the Eagles game. We'll throw stuff at the TV together. It's great. <laughs> there won't be much emotion this weekend. Why not? Don't you want to beat the Cowboys? Or don't you want to ruin everything for them? Eh, actually, they'll ruin everything for them if they lose. Technically. Well, actually, if the Eagles lose, the Cowboys could get in. This is your team. And it's now coming out that you really don't like your team. I think that's sad. We'll talk more about that when the King comes on, about your hatred for all things Philadelphia. No? Uh, just the football team right now. Oh, you're just so filled with just, ah, angst. Huh? But right now my focus is on uh, how, how to wipe my black and blue from ND getting crushed by Bama tomorrow. 
Uh, you never know. Well, yeah, we probably do. <laughs> so let's get into that for a second. And I don't mean that game specifically, okay? Every year but one Alabama's been in. Every year Clemson's been in. Many years Oklahoma's been in. Many years Ohio State's been in. Once for Georgia. Now, if you listen to the people in college football, you'd think Georgia was in four times. They've been in once. Okay. Oh, no, they're in all the time. No, they're not. And... So, you know, Washington got in once. Let's see who's been Notre Dame. This is what their second time in. Michigan State got in once. But even but that's it. There's no the unintended consequence. I've talked about this for three days, but I'm going to talk about this with Adam Rittenberg. I don't think there's more money right now in available for the college football playoff. Because I think the exclusivity of the contract means you can only negotiate with ESPN right now. Because of that, just expanding it won't financially help anybody yet. But at some point, (laughs) you are going to benefit greatly financially by expanding the playoff. You have to. It's been one of the unintended consequences of the playoff. Talked about this for a couple of days now, so this is not a new conversation. But every time you turn around, hey, the rich get richer in this thing. We're in a recruiting cycle. We just finished the recruiting cycle, and who's back at the top again? Okay. They made the bowl system as much. And look, I'm somebody, I love bowl games. I love bowl games. Yeah, I watched the Armed Forces Bowl today. It was fun. Right? That's all it is to me. It's fun. I love I love watching bowl games. You may say there's too many. It's fine. As I've said many, many times, you don't have to watch. But ESPN's a sports network. And to their credit, they have bought, I think, what, 14 of these games? Now, not all of them are being played this year, but they bought 14 of these games. Well, that's great programming for them at this time of the year. You want to kick back, relax. A lot of people have time off between Christmas and New Year's. I got it. Okay. You know, is 40 too many? Yeah, what do you It doesn't bring with it the same reward that it once did. Hey, we're going to a bowl game. Hey, you're not. I mean, I, I understand all that stuff. But here's the the biggest impediment over the years to a playoff had been essentially the Bulls themselves. The Bulls were paying a lot of money, but they wanted to keep doing it the way they were doing it. There was very little foresight in what was going on, and they also don't want to be perceived as being less than the other guy. What do you mean the Rose Bowl is more important and prestigious than the Cotton Bowl? Okay. Fine. What always crushes any company 
is a lack of foresight. Lack of foresight will crush a lot of companies. To be honest with you, there aren't a lot of there. There are not a lot of uh, and forward thinking is not. Oh, we think in a modern world now. Forward thinking can be can always come down to what what's solid. What are the basics, right, of what you do? Then how can we make those basics better? What's our foundation? All right, now we got a foundation. Now let's build our house. Let's make it a spectacular house. I mean, that's forward thinking. College football has been the least forward thinking of any major sport out there. The NHL has done the best it can with what it has. Okay? They really have, to their credit. The NBA has taken it to levels beyond levels. The NFL is the gold standard. Major League Baseball has struggled with this. Sometimes I feel like Major League Baseball is, is firing darts into the wind, trying to figure out what works, especially with young people. So that's still a work in progress, but having regional networks and having MLB network has helped advance the Major League Baseball cause. They've done that. College basketball has made some people feel that the regular season is irrelevant uh, because of the NCAA tournament. But the NCAA tournament is forward thinking on the part of the NCAA. That is forward thinking. Having every conference champion get in. How many times has Bucknell been able to get in because of their conference championship? They won the tournament title. They got in. And along the way, you'll see teams win a game or two. I was in Philadelphia at the game the night Florida Gulf Coast beat Georgetown. I, I covered the game. It's amazing to see something like that. It's amazing to go down into the locker room afterward, talk to the players about it. But the media doesn't help either with the perception of it. Oh, it makes the regular season in college basketball irrelevant. Oh, no, it doesn't. Okay? I have broadcast a basketball program. I am now in my 39th season. I can tell you the regular season is extremely relevant for the program I broadcast for. You feel like every single game, this program I broadcast for, Penn State, is fighting every single game to get itself somewhere, especially to the tournament. More often than not, they haven't. But it sure has been gratifying when they got there. That's why when you're, wow, it makes the regular the regular season might be irrelevant for Duke, Kentucky. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guys. Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina. Now, Kentucky's 1-6 this year. Right? But this is a different year. We're in that different time frame. It may be irrelevant for the Kansases of the world. But it is absolutely relevant for anybody trying to fight to get into this thing and get it, be one of those 37 at-large teams. There are 353 teams in there. 37 are at-large bids out of 353. So it's far more relevant than um, 
somebody who just covers Duke and North Carolina for a living. They don't get what it's like in the trenches and the relevance of the regular season. That's why I've often complained. It really is, I mean, there's a lot of, at times, lazy coverage out there. Very lazy coverage. Not really understanding really how the whole thing works. You just can't concentrate and lock in on 15 teams. You can't do that. Now we get to college football. This is where college football has been the least forward-thinking of any of them. We're going to do this with rating systems. Dunkel, Williamson, things like that. Okay. Then the AP. Well, we're going to start ranking teams. And we're going to declare a national champion. Okay. Then UPI comes on. We're going to have the coaches vote. Okay. That's how you determine your national champion? Really? Then they warp into the BCS. We're going to use all computers. What? And then after a couple of years, we're going to use computers, but margin of victory can't be used. What? (sighs) Then you're all supposed to be happy you now have a BCS champion. For years, I championed eight teams in a playoff. Now, again, a great influence for me was always uh, the hundreds of times in my life I talked to Joe for the uninitiated. I'm talking about Joe Paterno, obviously. And so you get influenced by that. So I always advocated eight. Not that Joe ever told me eight. That was what I came to. I thought eight. But as time went, more and more schools started going Division One. You, know, you had one, one double A, which then became FBS to FCS. Now I see that they go to four. And again, the bowls are well. We have to be in this thing, and those okay, they're used for it. Okay, you got to go big. I, you know, I realize that there is a toll placed on the uh, physically and mentally on the player having to play a lot of games. I got that part. That's why I've always resisted the big number. I always have resisted going past eight. Now, I think the game needs more than that. I realize the numbers I'm proposing are, are odd numbers, a 10 or a 12, with my preference right now being 12, where the first four teams, which this on this particular weekend would be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, getting a first-round bye. Okay? And then having four games played to get it to eight, then four games played to get it down to four, then two games played to get to one. Would it extend it? Yeah, no question. It would extend it by two additional weekends. No question. It would extend the season by two additional weekends. Could there be a team that has to play four extra games to win it? Yep. Could be. Or it could be one of those four teams that got the bye. You know, two of them end up in the championship game, and guess what? They had to play one extra game to do it. It could be as little as one extra game. What you don't see right now 
in the college football playoff in six years, nobody has ever opted out. Nobody's ever opted out of a, out of a game. Cotton Bowl last night, Florida had seven guys opt out. Now, I didn't think Florida should be in that game to begin with. They came in with three losses. I thought Indiana should have had that, that spot last night. But that's neither here nor there. I can tell you right now, Indiana would have been a hungry team with no opt-outs. Okay? I can tell you right now, the four guys that opted out for Florida, not all of them are first-round picks. Contrary to what other people are saying to them. Pitts the tight end, he's a first-round pick. But that game then becomes... I didn't see it. Matt watched it last night. It was, again, another great party Lisa threw last night. Yeah. We should have 17, 18 people over to watch that game last night. Maybe a little we, less than that. Okay, I mean, does Luke get any sleep during this? <laughs> during the, well, yeah, he does. When he's out, he sleeps through everything. This is after you start telling him what the Eagles should be doing? Any kid, kid like, falls asleep? <laughs> uh, something like that, sometimes at least. Or if we're going over what's what's a 4-3 defense and all, what's 11 personnel, sometimes he gets a little antsy. Believe me, I'm sitting here right now at my age, and I'm listening to you do it, and I'm getting antsy. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> so. But I think you've got to do something here. All right, now, so now let's incorporate the bowls into this. All right, so keep the national championship game as an independent entity that the college football playoff committee can bid out to whomever's the bidder of the year. It's fine. I don't care. Designate two of the six bowls as your national semifinal, like you do now, and rotate as to who gets, you know, one year it's, you know, one year it's the sugar and the and the orange another year one year it's the sugar and the rose another year it's the orange and the cotton another year it's the peach and the fiesta I mean they'd be the semifinals and then those who aren't in the semifinals get into the into the quarterfinal weekend it's their turn to be a quarterfinal game then you pick four other bowl games to do the first round because I'd be going with 12 if you really want it, okay, let's go with 10. Okay, fine, I got it. You know, you play four to get down to, okay, you could do that. Um, it would have one additional weekend. But it would incorporate all the bowl games, all of them. You'd have to add in, to, for 12, you'd have to add in four more to do it. So maybe the Citrus, maybe the Vegas Bowl, maybe the Holiday Bowl, maybe the Gator Bowl, maybe the Outback Bowl, maybe something. But it would give them a far greater singular importance All right. We'll come back. We have a wrestling schedule to talk about for Penn State. We'll give it to you next. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Here's your Penn State wrestling schedule for this year. Penn State will open on Saturday, January 16th. Uh, that will be at Rutgers. Penn State's home opener, no tickets sold this year, by the way, will be Michigan State on Sunday, January, uh, January 24th. Penn State's next two dates will be road tri-meets. The tri-meets feature three teams wrestling at one site with all teams uh, present uh, two duels in one day's worth of competition. Penn State will go to Northwestern on Saturday the 30th for matches with Northwestern in Indiana. Then the next week they go to Michigan up in Ann Arbor on February 7th for Michigan State and Wisconsin. Excuse me, for Michigan and Wisconsin. My apologies. Penn State will host Iowa Friday, February 12th. The final weekend will have Penn State visiting Ohio State on February 19th, closing out the regular season at home with Maryland on February 21st. Penn State is going to be hosting, and here's the unfortunate part, that Jordan Center would have been packed to the rafters. Penn State is hosting the Big Ten Championships March 6th and 7th. The NCAAs will be the 18th through the 20th in St. Louis. As soon as we get some start times, we'll let you know. Public tickets will not be sold for the 21 season for uh, Penn State wrestling home matches. So they have to wait for TV for uh, for start times. So there's your Penn State wrestling schedule. Starts the 16th at Rutgers. And then on Sunday the 24th, the home opener with Michigan State. They've got Iowa on the 12th. they got Maryland on the 20, uh, 12th of February. 21st of February, they got Maryland as well. Got a couple tri meets in the Big Ten Championships as well. So there you are. So there's your Penn State wrestling schedule. And as soon as the as soon as TV nulls out everything. Then we'll have an, a better idea of what the times of these dual meets happen to be. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 